This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The radio home of the Buffalo Sabres. From our flagship station in Buffalo, this is the Post Game Show on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Here's your host, Brian Cozio. Near corner, now Tage Thompson. Farsa scores! What a pass! And Owen Powers first of the year is an overtime winner in Dallas as the Sabres pick up two valuable points to open this road trip. Dan Dunleavy there on the call. There's your game winner, Owen Power. Great timing to come through after he had just nearly scored seconds earlier by hitting the post. He takes the feed from Thompson and wins it for Buffalo. 56 seconds into the overtime. That's our play of the game tonight brought to you by NOCO. Delivering comfort to homes and businesses since 1933. We welcome you in here to the post game. Brian Colziel with you. We'll get to Paul Hamilton in just one moment. Well, if you watched the first 10 minutes of this game, you might have predicted it was going to be about a 7 to nothing Dallas victory. But Craig Anderson was outstanding in the first period, keeping Buffalo alive to allow Rasmus Dahlin to do his normal thing and tie things up, and that's where we stood after one. A better second period for the Sabres. No scoring, though, but they did kind of cut down on Dallas's opportunities in the third. Buffalo grabbed its first lead early. Victor Olofsson staying as hot as anybody in the NHL, getting his 22nd of the season. But then Jason Robertson came back to tie it up. But down the stretch, Buffalo had a late power play opportunity. Couldn't score in regulation, but it goes to overtime where Owen Power wins it. All right, highlights coming up. We'll update you on the standings, stats, Check from around the league, all coming up. Let's get Paul Hamilton, though, in here. And, uh, Paul, this road trip looked daunting, and uh, it still will be, but uh, this might have been, on paper, the toughest one of the four. And a, uh, for, with how it started in the opening 10 minutes, this is a really, really nice win for this Sabre team. Yeah, it is. It's, it's unbelievable some of the wins that they've gotten on the road. I mean, they've beaten Edmonton, Calgary, um, Colorado, Vegas, Washington, and now uh, Nashville, and now the Dallas Stars, who lead the Western Conference, are tied for the lead with Winnipeg coming in. I mean, it's just they. If I just keep saying, if they just could have reversed their home record, and you know they've lost uh, you know nine out of uh, or eight out of um, twenty-one games at home, or I'm looking at the Dallas Stars, I'm sorry, the home record, <laughs> they lost 14 out of 25 at home. 
just be 14 and 11. That's not a crazy home record. That's middle of the road or maybe below average. And you've got what eight more points or something like that. I'd have to figure. I have to stop for a second to figure it out. But around eight. And look where you are in the standings. Just with just with a mediocre home record. Now you're thirteen seven and one on the road. So and and beating some very very good teams. Although they have won their last two home games, so maybe they're snapping out of this home thing a little bit. But uh, you know, it's just uh, it's just amazing. You know, when the crowd's great and everybody's into it, they're into it. Now, as a young team, they've got to learn. All right, what happens when there's 11,000 people in the building and they're waiting for you to give them something to cheer about? You know, and, and that's what what they have to learn. But that's just, especially with the way the game started. You know what they say on the road, especially against a very good team, you're going to have to weather a storm. And for 10 minutes, boy, that that was a hurricane. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, the shots were 10 nothing, And uh, it just... Uh, it just was crazy how how that game was going. It's one nothing Dallas, but then Darlene gets the goal, and you know pretty much Buffalo's first chance to score, pretty close to it. I don't think it was their first chance, but pretty close to it. They hadn't had too many scoring opportunities. Darlene gets the goal, and now you leave the period one one. You play a much tighter second period where you outshoot the Stars nine to seven. You get your legs, you get yourself into the game. And, uh, you know, then you come into the third period. You're able to take the lead on a, on a line change. Tuck had left the ice. Olison was out there with Thompson and Skinner. Skinner finds him. It was kind of a three-on-two. And that puck's in the net. Uh, I don't care who you are. Even though Ottinger is one of the best goaltenders in the NHL, you give you give Olison that play. If you stop it, you're lucky. That's as simple as that. And uh, as red hot as he is, that's in the net. Sure, you made a mistake behind the net, a very poor um, clear. Quite honestly, Darlene got the third star, and maybe you people will disagree with me. I thought Samuel and Darlene had a rough night defensively. I really did. They had some turnovers, especially Samuelson. Uh, he seems to me to maybe have hit a wall lately, uh, and he'll break out of it. I mean, I have no doubt he'll break out of it, but he just seems to maybe have hit a wall a little bit. But again, they didn't. All right, Robertson scores six minutes into the period. We're, you're tied up, but the Sabres stuck with it, kept going. And uh, it was a pretty even period. And, uh, you know, got got the one point. Now just go for the second point. Dallas only had the puck for a little bit, the Robertson line, in, in overtime. And Buffalo got it back on Tuck coming back and lifting a stick, taking the puck. And that was the last time the Dallas Stars saw it. And first power hits the post. And you and I have talked about this. We thought he was coming on. Mm-hmm. And it just looked like his offense was getting closer and closer and closer. And he finally, in a big time, gets his first goal of the year. And as close as he can get without scoring, Paul, within seconds before of him scoring, he hit the post. Yeah. And uh, I think Dan even said it. He goes, there was a little opening there. It looks like just in that little pocket in the corner. Um, and, you know, he hits the post. And I'm thinking, oh, man, that would have been a big spot for him. And then, obviously, the play continues and Thompson sets him up. And, so, and, and who had the one chance on the on the late power play? There was only one chance they got. And it was power. He, missed, he threw it over the top of the net. He came yep. in through the right circle and had a good look at it, but he missed the net up top. Well, how about just what does this do for Owen Power? I mean, you know, I mean, obviously um, his season has, I think, 
gone very well. He seems to be gaining confidence, but getting you know, one of the biggest goals for their season so far, Paul. I mean, maybe this can really kind of set him to keep this really going and trending in the right direction. Well, we've talked about uh, other guys, other youngsters finding themselves this year. Lukinen, uh, Paterka, Quinn, Krebs, you know, young guys who trying to find their way. Some of them are still trying to find their way. They have little pockets of good play, and then they're trying to find their way again. I think for the most part, Power has found his way all year. He's been thrown in, especially when the defensemen were injured. You know, he's going 25, 26 minutes a game. So he'd be the exception, I think, to that. I don't think that, you know, that I, he really had to pause to find his game. I think he's not, – I'm not saying he hasn't had any bad games, but for the most part, he's pretty much been on his game. The rookie is averaging almost 24 minutes a game, you know, which is second on the team to power. It's even more minutes than Samuelson gets at 22.09. So to put that kind of responsibility on the kid who's the number one overall pick – now, I don't know if he'll ever reach the point of where Darlene is right now because they're different types of players. But as far as in his first season, he's way ahead of Darlene, way ahead of yeah. him. But, again, power, I think, is going to be fantastic in his fourth year, but it's not going to be what you're seeing. I don't think it's going to be what you're seeing out of Darlene just because their style is so different. Paul Hamilton with me, Brian Colzill here on the postgame Sabres. Pull it out in overtime, 3-2 to two over the Dallas Stars. Buffalo now on a three-game winning streak. Uh, wins, of course, tonight against Dallas. Anaheim on Saturday. The Islanders this past Thursday. They'll look to try to make it four in a row in St. Louis. Okay, Paul, we talked about how the game played out. We talked about power. Let's talk about the guy that truly was maybe the Sabres' best player, and that was Craig Anderson. At least we know early on he saved it from being an early route. Um, Anderson's in the playing once a, a week mode when he's fresh and ready, and um, when he's fresh and ready and plays once a week, Paul, he's usually delivering, and tonight was no exception. Yeah. It just amazes me when I get the, well, they should just wave Anderson. Do, do any of you watch games? <laughs> really? <laughs> really you think that's the answer? Wave Anderson. Okay. Yeah, I suppose you could, but that's not the way the Sabres treat people, and that's not the way it was talked about when he was signed. Uh, you know, if if that was going to be a possibility, that would be something that, you know, they would have talked about. So, um, yeah, it, it, some of the stuff is just ridiculous, especially since overall, I mean, Lukanen lately has been Buffalo's best goaltender, but overall, Anderson's been their best and most consistent goaltender this year, and in game number 700 of his career, it's certainly going to be a very memorable one. And coming in, don't forget, he was 6-2-0 in his career against Dallas, now 7-2-0. So Dallas is a team he likes playing against. But to celebrate your 700th career game with a victory like that, I think, is great for Anderson, who is is, is a perfect backup goaltender for what they're trying to do because they play him on rest, so that means he plays every five to seven days which is what you're looking for from your backup goaltender. Coming in with a 917 save percentage and with 29 saves on 31 shots, that is going to improve, which is, I would say, just around the top 10 in the league. So, uh, to me, he's not disappointing at all being the Sabres' backup goaltender. Now, if he would have to play every night as the starter, that would be tougher on him. But 
to get the rest coming in off rest. Eight six and two with a save percentage of around nine eighteen nine nineteen. I'll take that. Yep. Let's get our first response from the fans now. Brought to you by Surf Pro Central Buffalo's team Luzzy. Surf Pro of Central Buffalo's team Luzzy is first and faster to any size disaster. Visit teamluzzy.com. You can always send me your thoughts after each and every game at Brian WGR. Okay, Paul. Some responses coming in. Obviously, a lot of people want to talk about where the Sabers are on the standings. Because of the games in hand, they are the first team out right now. Uh, three back of the Penguins, equal games, number of played, uh, tied with the Panthers, tied with the Islanders, but of course the Sabres have three games in hand on both of those teams. So let's just see what some of the fans say tonight. Jim writes in, says, great effort overall tonight. Uh, Kevin says, the Capitals are the team I've been eyeing with all those games in hand. Uh, AJ says, I keep getting worried Florida is just going to flip a switch and go back to winning all the time, but it's just not happening, and I don't know why. Uh, let's see who else here. Kyle says, look at all those games in hand on the caps. Um, let's see. Others. We uh, go through here at, at Brian WGR. Uh, Jason, here's a question for you, Paul. Mm-hmm. Where from where they are, do they try and add anything? What do they need to do to try to end this drought right here? The only way they're, they're adding something, if it's a player like Tuck. Mm-hmm. Younger, 25, 23 to 25, 21 to 25. Somebody that can help right now and is part of the future. They are not giving up first-round picks or second-round picks or one of their first-round picks last year to bring in a, a, a guy who's going to be gone in a year who's 32 years old and or whatever. That's not. They're not in it just to make the playoffs this year. What they're in it for is to make sure what has happened in the last 10 years never happens again. It's sustainable winning is what they're trying to do. They're not trying to win this year. All right, we broke our drought. Aren't you proud of us? And now we'll start losing again next year because we gave away two of our best prospects so we could just for one year make the playoffs. That's not what Kevin Adams is about. That's not what their plan is about, and they're not going to break that plan. So – if they can find a trade that makes sense for them, that can help them now and also help them in the future, that's the kind of deal that they're looking for. Yeah. And we know still a lot can happen over the course of uh, the next month or so before we actually get towards trade deadline. When those, if, if and when a trade would come, it would probably be at that point, Paul, because uh, as you've been saying all year, and I think correctly so, when fans want to shake things up, like we just so rarely see trades especially a hockey trade like you're describing here where there's you know could be player for player sort of thing or um in the course of a season that just barely got past the halfway mark so uh whether you know people want to say you know kevin adams should make a move or not a lot of times it's just the fact that the league just doesn't do anything right now and i hate that about the nhl and that's the thing let's say for example kevin adams did want to pick up a number one goaltender which he's got four prospects who are all excellent prospects now sure you may miss on all four of them that is possible i don't think that's probable i think they definitely will hit on one of them and i think they'll hit on more than one of them um from just because of the type of prospects that they are but let's just say he he wants to people get the impression that hockey trades or hockey trades are so easy to make they make it sound like kevin adams says okay I need a goaltender, 
everybody put their number one goaltender up for me. I'll send you Olison and Middlestat, and then you send me your number one goalie. Everybody thinks it's that easy. That's how things work in the National Hockey League. And first of all, you got to have two teams that want to trade. Um, you know, a lot, lots talking about Chikrin. Well, if Arizona has to be willing to trade him, and right now they're not. Just like the Sabres were not willing to trade Eichel last year in the beginning because they were not getting what they felt was equal value. And Adams, as a new GM, was just like, no, I'm not budging on this. I know what I, what the worth is, and it takes as long as it's going to take, and I don't care if people are getting impatient. I don't care if Jack Eichel's getting impatient. It's going to take as long as it's going to take for me to get what I feel is fair value. And that's the same thing with Chikorin. Yeah, I mean, they're listening to trades, but they haven't heard an offer that they want. It's not, well, Kevin Adams is calling. Um, okay, we'll, we'll just take his, whatever the offer is and we'll, we'll send him over to Buffalo. That's, again, that's not how this works. And He eventually probably will be traded, but Arizona has not gotten the offer that they want yet, whether it's from the Sabres or anybody else. So in the NHL, I mean, it's just I, – I just – I hate how, you know, it just goes quiet. You have trades, and then the season starts, and then you have every now and then. Most of the trades you see now are AHL trades, and Buffalo made one of those. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's pretty much all. And, and a couple of waiver claims. You know, Buffalo got Jost. They lost Fitzgerald. But that's the way the NHL is now. They don't make it real interesting as far as trades go. And then when you get into around February – you get the early trades for the trade deadline, which is in March this year. And, uh, you know, then maybe near the end of February, you get a few more, trying to get your trades in early. And then, you know, it's it starts going sometimes. Other times we'll sit there and trade deadline day and go, well, that was boring. <laughs> we, I mean, the, the rumors weren't even there, you, you know, which never come true anyway. But, the, you know, the rumors weren't even there to, to, to make things a little bit more interesting type of a thing. So yeah. uh, it's, it's just the way of the league right now, and it's 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 kind of boring. Read just a couple more here, then we'll finish up with the fan report here, Paul. Alex says, uh, to follow up on our discussion here, says they, they've got to go for it this year. Have to add to the deadline. They're too close to waste an opportunity right in front of them. Let, um, let me interrupt. Let me interrupt. Yeah. Too close to what? Well, that would be close. my, my that's yes. how I, I would answer that. They're too close to what? Yes. The Stanley Cup. Too Cobb? close to uh, they're they're so close that fans are really excited, Paul. I think that's probably the overall. But to the Stanley <laughs> Cup, or what are we close? That's yes. what I'm asking. What are we close to? Making the playoffs. Yes. I I don't think anybody's referring to the cup. You're okay, right. now, unless you're close to the Stanley Cup, it's not worth giving up Kulik and Rosan or, and and uh, Olison to get a rental to satisfy we made the playoffs type of a thing. That's not what – and that's – if you're thinking that's going to be the type of deal, stop thinking it because that's not what Kevin Adams is going to do. I mean, they're not winning – well, never say never. They're, they're probably not winning the Stanley Cup this year. So you make the playoffs, and all right, yeah, anything can happen. I understand. But uh, that's the, the, the end game is to make sure this never happens again and win championships, not just win one, but win championships. And 
when you talk to a lot of a lot of people around the league, there are a lot of people who think the Sabres by far have the best young players and a lot of young players that you haven't even seen yet in the NHL. Five first-round picks have not even played yet for the Sabres in the National Hockey League. So, you know, that's what they're doing in, in stocking what they're doing. So would they like to make the playoffs? They sure would. But they aren't going to make a deal just to make the playoffs. Two more. Tom says, uh, stuck in the parking garage in the American Airlines Center tonight. But tonight made me really a believer in Owen Power and our young defensive core. Even before his goal, I thought he had a great game. And uh, I'll finish, Paul, with this one, which I think is a good thing that we can finish with here. Mm-hmm. NC Bills backer says, he's got three points. I'm going to read them in reverse order. Okay. says, geez, the, he's uh, responding to the standings update that I put out. says, geez, the, uh, the Bruins are a wagon. I hate it. Second, a lot of standing neighbors in the standings have 49 games played with the Sabres with 46. That may help down the stretch. And his last point I want to ask you about, he says, the Sabres are pretty good in overtime, apparently. That has been a big improvement, Paul, over the last year and a half or so. Just think about how overtime used to be so ugly to watch with this team, and they've definitely improved in that area. I think a lot of it is the types of players they're developing. They're puck-possessing players. You know, guys who want the puck, guys that can possess the puck, you know, led by Rasmus Dahlin, led by Tage Thompson, led by Alex Tuck. Um... You know, guys, and and power. I think power is that type of a player, too. I think he can have good puck possession. And now Cousins has worked on his faceoff so much, he won another big draw in overtime again in this game. You know, so he's dangerous in a number of different areas, but gets you puck possession. And when you get puck possession, and if you're not dumb about it, you're going to have the puck for a lot of the overtime. So I think that's a lot of it. High-end players who like having the puck, who are driven to go get the puck back, you know, when they don't have the puck. That's big, too. Like, Tuck, this this game might not even be over. We might be looking at shootouts right now. If Tuck doesn't hustle back in an outnumbered situation, lift a stick, take the puck back, and turn and go. I mean, that's important. I mean, that's a guy who wants it, you know, who wants to win, who wants to do good for Buffalo. And we haven't seen effort like that. We've seen talent, but we haven't seen effort like that from a lot of players in this town in a long time. And so I think, I, I, you know, I, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but that's what I see in overtime. Yeah, and I think also, too, their, their shot selection, albeit I thought for at maybe early stages under Granado, they were so waiting for the perfect shot, Paul, that even though they would have possession forever – Never, tr- never felt like there was truly the uh, the high danger chance that would come, but I think they're being smartly aggressive. I guess I would call it now that they they seem to be attacking where maybe it opens up that shot that comes a little bit more. And obviously, you know we've seen that happen a little bit more. I felt like they so valued the possession that they were almost sometimes scared to take the shot. And I think they're I think they found that happy medium of still valuing the possession. Still not taking the shot just to take the shot, but now attacking to the point where maybe the pass opens up to get you that shot that you're looking for. And I think, you know, maybe that was kind of where we went tonight here. Power maybe doesn't take that shot or somebody doesn't take that shot that won the hit off the post, but 
puck stayed in. They kept the pressure on, and eventually it got in. So, yeah, it's a been a big point. improvement. And that's a good point. I think it might have been the Chicago overtime where I mentioned to you I hated how they handled the puck, and it's rare I say that. They were just, like, taking long shots at the net in overtime, and that's the worst thing you can do. Yeah, sure, it's possible it could go in, right. but not probable. You know, and then you lose possession. And they normally don't do that. That's why I pointed it out, because it's something that you just don't see very often from them. Uh, so that's – and just to let the fans know, I don't think you've changed the plan for tomorrow in the pregame, have you? I have not. So, so just to let I, the fans we know. Tomorrow we are going to If they want to continue the conversation, Pat Malacaro will be joining us. And uh, we – same time tomorrow, isn't it? 7.30? It, uh, I think it's an – Eight o'clock game tomorrow. Let me just double check here real fast. So yeah, while you double check, I'll let fans know that you know we'll be taking a look at the first half of the season and talking about it. And I'm sure if you have questions, Brian will be checking uh, just like he is right now today to to bring you folks in on the conversation and and talk about it too because we haven't had an opportunity to sit down and go over the first half of the season and how things are going and where things are going from here. Yes, it's uh, 8 o'clock tomorrow in St. Louis. So 7 to 8 tomorrow we'll have a roundtable. And uh, I'll put out something in the morning uh, on Twitter so you can send us questions and things that you want us to talk about. We'll address them tomorrow during pregame. Uh, Frank, our producer, says 6-3 uh, and three in the OT in overtime this year, Paul. So that record's pretty good then. Six out of nine times they're winners. Yeah, and the Chicago game. You caught a hot Blackhawks team. It's first time all year they yeah. were hot. I know they're not very good, and I understand, and I agree if you read my article. You can't be ahead of the Blackhawks 3-1 to one in the third period and lose the game, and they did. They got a point, but that doesn't satisfy you. But, you, you know, it is, just for context, it is important to find out or to talk about. The Blackhawks also won their next game, too, and I think they had five five wins in six games after that. But that, you know, that's one of the losses, and – that's the thing of a young team. We talk about these games in hand, but you got to win these games in hand, and that's not easy. You know, if you're eight points behind with four games in hand, well, yeah, you can catch them if you win all four. But uh, and that's what I mean. And that's the the ping pong we're doing in the standings now. Uh, they got going in the standings. They almost got there, and then they had that little losing skid, where they became the worst organization in the history of Buffalo and the history of the NHL and. You know how Twitter goes. It's just a lovely place. And, um, you know, it, no, it's what happens to teams during a season. There are times where you're not going to win every game, and they certainly aren't going to win every game. So then they kind of went back down again, and teams went up ahead of them again. Well, what have they done? They're back on a winning streak again. So here we go. Now we kind of revert the standings again. But you still have to win those games in hand, and that's the problem with the – the bounce back, and and I will always say this, even though I don't believe they're a playoff team this year, I'm not telling you it can't happen. I'm just telling you it's not probable. Um, it's happened. The St. Louis Blues just about now beat the Buffalo Sabers in St. Louis with a rookie goalie who just got called up, and they won the Stanley Cup with that rookie goaltender. They went from last place in the National Hockey League to the Stanley Cup from January on. So that's how we know. Yes, it can be done. Yes. I'm just saying it's not probable. Tonight's Sabres, this is from ESPN, says the Sabres win in Dallas was their first non-shootout win 
since Jason Woolley's game-winning goal in Game 1 of the 1999 Stanley Cup Final at Reunion Arena. But that wasn't in regulation. That's right. That was overtime. That it's was an the overtime first non-shootout overtime yep, It wasn't win. a shootout, but it was, <laughs> a, it was an overtime. And uh, too bad they couldn't have taken two games in Dallas. They had a chance in that second game. That didn't get blown open until near the end. And it's yep. too bad they couldn't have gone home up two games to none. Yep, and that series, yeah, something happened at the end of that series that was silly too, but I forget what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul, looking forward to having our roundtable chat tomorrow. We'll have it from 7 to 8. Obviously a lot more on this. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll send out the Twitter uh, to questions for fans, so uh, well, it'll be fun to uh, discuss what everybody wants us to discuss tomorrow. So that'll be from 7 to 8, and then, of course, the game with the Blues at 8 o'clock. Thanks for your work tonight. Yep, looking forward to it. All right, Paul Hamilton here on our post-game show. Buffalo victorious in overtime, 3-2. to two. Yes, the standings uh, are getting a little juicier now. Buffalo within three points of Pittsburgh. All right, for all of our local affiliates at this time, we're going to say goodnight to you. If you want to keep listening to the post-game, go to WGR550.com, or you can tune in on the Odyssey app. And for all of you on WGR, we'll have some more post-game when we come back. A couple more highlights, some more stats, and uh, we'll keep it going here as the Sabres have won three in a row. Dramatic fashion tonight. Owen Power, the game winner in OT. I'm Brian Colziel. Thanks for listening. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Here's another race for a loose puck in behind the defense. Anderson's going to come up big here, and he does. Second chance stopped again by the veteran. Dan Dunleavy there on the call. Craig Anderson, very, very busy night for him, especially in the first where he faced 14 shots. 31 shots in the game. He made 29 saves. That one right there, a save of the game, brought to you by your upstate Honda dealers. New inventory is arriving daily. All right, let's check the rest of the scoreboard. As we said, very good night on the out-of-town scoreboard. Every game went the Sabres' way. Rangers beat the Panthers in regulation 6-2. Maple Leafs beat the Islanders 6-2. Only one game going on right now in Calgary. Flames a 3-2 lead on Columbus. Johnny Gaudreau back playing in Alberta for the first time as a uh, non-flame member of, of the Blue Jackets. So uh, there's your scores. And, of course, the standings, as we mentioned now, Pittsburgh with 54 points. They're holding the final wildcard spot. Buffalo just three back with 51. Same number of games played. Panthers and Islanders also with 51, both losing tonight. But they have played three more games than the Sabres. Next up is St. Louis tomorrow. We'll talk about the Blues in one moment. But uh, let's get you the three stars in here now. Star number three for Buffalo. He had the first goal for the Sabres, Rasmus Dahlin. Star number two from the Stars, Joe Pavalski. He had two assists. And star number one, Craig Anderson in goal. Very solid performance. He gets the win, 29 saves. Craig Anderson's the electric player of the game. Brought to you by Town Auto Group's electrifying... Brought to you by Town Auto Group for an electrifying performance. Check out Town Auto Group's lineup of EVs. The attendance tonight at... American Airlines Center in Dallas, 18,134. All right, let's get you some stats from this game now. We mentioned the shots were 31-25 in favor of the Stars. Power plays, if there's a criticism, I guess, right now of the Sabres, you could point to the power play. Very inconsistent, 
0 for 3. Dallas went 1 of 1. Some individual stats here to take a look at. Uh, no surprise, Rasmus Dahlin leading the Sabres in ice time tonight. 24-24 of ice time. He led all players on the Sabres in shots with four. Uh, Dahlin, a plus two in the game. Tage Thompson, yes, he didn't score, but two assists and obviously a monster one to set up power for the game winner. Thompson, who's been on the doorstep to score, has been getting a lot of shots blocked. Teams are really focusing on shutting him down. Thompson officially no shots on goal tonight. Your stats brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. No injuries to tell you about, which is good news. Injury report brought to you by Losi and Ganji, Buffalo's workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys, working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. All right, so the Sabres get a win in overtime, and our next game will be tomorrow night right back at it. Sabres on the way to St. Louis this evening, and uh, they'll face the Blues. So 7 o'clock puck drop. Uh, we'll have a roundtable. Myself, Paul Hamilton, Pat Malacaro, and uh, we'll be uh, talking about the first half of the season and obviously this push now that the Sabres are on uh, through the first 46 games. That'll be immediately following Chopin the Bulldog. We'll have that from 7 to 8, and then we'll have, of course, Dan and Rob's call coming up at 8 o'clock right here on the Sabres Radio Network. And uh, with that, we will say goodnight to everyone and thank you for listening. want to thank our crew tonight, of course, starting with our network producer, Frank Curry. Thank you, Frank, for your work tonight. Our reporter, Paul Hamilton. Our game announcers, Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray. Kyle Powell on our social media and game story. You can check it out, WGR550.com. And uh, my name is Brian Cozy. I thank you for listening. Final score again in overtime, Buffalo 3 Dallas 2. Sabres and Blues back at it tomorrow. We'll have pregame at 7. Hope you can join us then right here on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Good night, everyone. Spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 